All right, guys, Tucker Carlson has officially released the first of the never-before-seen January 6th footage. Now, keep in mind, his team was given about 40,000 hours of footage, and so far, they've only put out a couple of clips. And from what I've seen so far, it's been absolutely infuriating because these couple of clips that have been released make it very clear that the January 6th committee was withholding evidence to politically persecute innocent Americans. Now, none of this is surprising to us, but we're going to be focusing in on and highlighting those clips today because I want us to understand where we are currently at as a country. I'm not going to focus on today's show warning you about a future overreaching government that will lie about you to imprison you and politically persecute you. No, today we're going to be reporting on that because that is just modern day America. Our government is completely out of control. We the people have not become angry enough at them, so they have felt the need to and they felt the ability, they feel the ability to go ahead and lie about the American people and continue to target us and politically persecute us. So understand where we're currently at as a country. Uh, we're also going to be talking about Dr. Fauci continuing to be caught in more and more COVID-19 lies. Teachers unions now targeting parents for wanting to know what curriculum their children are being taught. And also Antifa, the lovely domestic terrorists that apparently don't exist per our own FBI, uh, making their resurgence in Atlanta and firebombing a future police facility. So welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez. I apologize for starting a little bit late. It's because I was trying to, again, go through all of that brand new unreleased January 6th footage that was being hidden from the American public. It has since been made widely available for everybody. And we're going to be going over some of the lies that we have seen so far. Uh, but before we do that, okay, great. I love it when my computer does not work for me. So let me just go ahead and re-add this for us here. So that way I can actually show you guys um, some of the articles that I have on screen. But um, while I get this started, please remember my friends that you can okay there we go sorry guys i really don't love it when our show starts out like this but okay is my computer really not going to work right now that's really annoying Ugh! okay you know what it's fine i'm gonna figure this out and while i do that um, we're going to watch Tucker Carlson's clip. I apologize for the rough start on the show today. Let's go ahead and watch some of that unreleased footage, um, specifically regarding the Q shaman who got four years in prison for the horrific crime of um, doing what was in this unreleased footage. Watch this. Dangerous conspiracy theorist dressed in outlandish costume who led the violent insurrection to overthrow American democracy. For these crimes, Chansley was sentenced to nearly four years in prison, far more time than many violent criminals now receive. What did Jacob Chansley do to receive this punishment? To this day, there is dispute over how Chansley got into the Capitol building. But according to our review of the internal surveillance video, it is very clear what happened once he got inside. Virtually every moment of his time inside the Capitol was caught on tape. The tape show the Capitol Police never stopped Jacob Chansley. They helped him. They acted as his tour guides. Here's video of Chansley in the Senate chamber. Capitol Police officers take him to multiple entrances and even try to open locked doors for him. 
We counted at least nine officers who were within touching distance of unarmed Jacob Chansley. Not one of them even tried to slow him down. Chansley understood that Capitol Police were his allies. Video shows him giving thanks for them in a prayer on the floor of the Senate. Okay, guys, so um, there's an idea of what happened on January 6th. Um, Jacob Chansley, the Q shaman, who is, uh, again, sentenced to jail for four years for the horrific crime of being escorted throughout the Capitol building by police. You watched the footage right there that was all hidden from the American public because the January 6th committee wanted to frame all of us that were there on January 6th as domestic terrorists and absolutely um, obliterate innocent Americans, if we're being quite honest. On top of that, uh, more never-before-seen footage showed a Capitol Police officer Brian Sicknick walking around the building after the time media outlets claimed that he was killed by protesters. The January 6th committee had access to the tape, but of course refused to release it. Greg Price has been on top of all of this on Twitter, so go follow him there um, as he continues to live tweet all of these Tucker clips. He also points out that so far the January 6th committee has lied about how Brian Sicknick died. They lied about Barry Loudermilk taking rioters on a reconnaissance mission. They lied about Josh Howley running away. And they lied about Ray Epps being a credible witness. Keep in mind that it was people like Adam Kinzinger, uh, Adam Schiff, and Liz Cheney who were on that January 6th committee. So funny that they put Liz Cheney on there because they were like, oh, well, you know, we have to have both sides of the aisle here. So we're going to have Liz Cheney on because she's a Republican. Such a freaking joke. Uh, and again, too, it's just so infuriating to me to report in 2023, because a lot of the stuff that we're reporting on seems so redundant. It really does. We're going to be getting to Antifa here in a moment, because for some reason, they're still firebombing American institutions, police departments nationwide. Um, but again, before I started the show, I was really thinking about the fact that Okay, everything that we talked about in regards to January 6th, COVID-19, Antifa being domestic terrorists has all come true. The American people were very much at the forefront of a lot of these lies. And we already knew that COVID-19 had leaked out of a lab. We already knew that Antifa were domestic terrorists and that Black Lives Matter were lying about George Floyd and racism so they could loot, riot, and destroy American cities in the name of social justice and Black lives. We already knew that the January 6th quote-unquote rioters were not rioting at all and the majority of them were peaceful and there were very few people there that were actually destroying prop, uh, pri uh, property on top of that a lot of the uh people that were stoking the crowd to violence and pushing them to violence were linked to the fbi or to antifa yeah do you remember jaden x who was interviewed on cnn he dressed up as a Trump supporter, and he was pretending to be a Trump supporter, but he was a known leftist. So, yeah, let's just go ahead and overlook all of that. But reporting in 2023 really just does seem, it sometimes feels unnecessary. And, like, I'm living through the movie Groundhog Day, where it's like, oh, great, I, here's another New York Post article. Fauci says we may never know the origins of COVID, despite the lab leak report. I wanted to bring up this uh, headline because the New York Post put this out on February 28th. 
Fauci saying that he's never going to know. We may never know where COVID came from. We have no idea. Uh, Fauci told the Boston Globe on Monday of, I believe this was last week. Let me get my dates correct. Yep, last week. Okay, this is last week. Dr. Fauci says, we must all keep an open mind to all possibilities about the origins of the coronavirus, but we may never know the source of that outbreak. And then um, the retired director for the NI, or the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, I didn't want to say the whole like, acronym for that. Um, he basically said, I don't see any data for a lab leak. This doesn't mean it couldn't have happened. So he doesn't see any data for a lab leak. We may never know the source of COVID-19. This was last week, all right? Now let's fast forward to uh, yesterday. New York Post, new emails show Dr. Anthony Fauci commissioned a scientific paper in February of 2020 to disprove the Wuhan lab leak theory. And I apologize for making that jump so quickly from January 6th into COVID-19, but it all relates, right? It's all about our government and our highest institutions that allege to care about us continuously lying to us over and over and over again. And when are the American people finally going to wake up and get angry? And it does, this isn't even a political issue, right? This isn't even like a right wing or a left wing issue. Everybody in America was affected by the COVID-19 lies, by Dr. Fauci's lies regarding where COVID leaked from, how to treat COVID-19, about the efficacy of the vaccine. Every single American uh, came under the consequence of the DOJ refusing to prosecute and investigate BLM and Antifa groups in 2020 or American cities burned down. All Americans should be very wary of what happened to the January 6th political prisoners because if you have the highest institutions in our lands that are tasked with making sure that justice is served and that our justice system is working properly. If you have these same officials politicizing and weaponizing said institutions against the American public, it's not a right versus left issue. This affects every single American. And I think that's my frustration with a lot of more liberal or progressive types, right? They think that giving the government more power is going to be better for everybody. But this is the government with most likely the most power that they've ever had in the history of the inception of this country. I mean, think of a time when the government had more power over us. I don't remember. Like, think about 2001 and the Patriot Act being enacted, basically allowing the government to spy on us. All of the surveillance of the NSA, the CIA, the FBI, the creation of these institutions. Think about the creation of these institutions, the implementation of a lot of these acts you know, 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago versus where we're currently at now. We're basically living through the consequences of all of that being enacted and all of these institutions and all of these laws impeding on our rights. So I would venture to say that our government has far too much power in the modern day. And again, let me know in the comments now if you think that is a reach. Um regarding where the power of the government currently stands. But it's just a joke. It's just an absolute joke. Reporting to you guys in 2023 is a joke. We already, everything that I'm reporting to you, everything that has been confirmed over the past couple of months, we already knew. We already 
have been calling out. We already know that our Department of Justice is corrupt. We already know that the FBI was weaponized and continues to be weaponized against people, American citizens like Donald Trump. We have watched for the past couple of years as the DOJ and the FBI have been weaponized against Donald Trump to stop him from running for office again because he is a viable candidate that American people like, which is why these institutions are trying to keep him out. We have watched as Dr. Fauci, the World Health Organization, the CDC, they all lie to us about the origins of COVID-19 and the treatment for this lab leak virus. It's just a joke at this point. It's like, how many more times can I come up here and say, yep, everything that we said is true. Yep, the American people have been lied to just like we already knew we were living through. This is nothing breaking. This is nothing that's, you know, a, a revelation to anybody. It's like, yeah, Dr. Fauci covered up the fact that um, COVID-19 was leaked from a lab. So he, he basically said, just to reiterate on this headline, sorry to go off on that tangent. Last week, Monday, we may never know the origins of COVID-19. Um, you know, we have to keep an open mind to it, but we, we just may never know. Fast forward to this week, emails show that uh, Dr. Fauci edited and approved a paper that disproved that COVID-19 came from a lab. New emails uncovered by House Republicans probing the COVID-19 pandemic reveal the deceptive nature of Dr. Anthony Fauci. They show he prompted or commissioned and had final approval on a scientific paper written specifically in February 2020 to disprove the theory that the virus leaked from a lab in Wuhan, China. Eight weeks later, Fauci stood at a White House press conference and cited that paper as evidence that the lab leak theory was implausible. So uh, if you go on into this article as well, it basically talks about how um, that this paper titled The Proximal Origins of SARS-CoV-2 was sent to Fauci for editing in draft form and again for final approval before it was published in Nature Medicine on February 17th, 2020. It was written four days after Fauci and his NIH boss, Dr. Francis Collins, held a call with the four authors to discuss reports that COVID-19 may have leaked from a Wuhan lab and may have been intentionally genetically manipulated. And then he goes up in front of the entire nation and says, yeah, lab leak theory probably isn't true. We have no idea where coronavirus could have come from. Uh, we, we just don't know. So I had an entire show for you that was planned out that was organized everything flowed and linked together and then the january 6th tapes dropped then i'm seeing tweets like this one from the fbi which by the way too this tweet came out um last week as well simultaneously with dr fauci saying we don't know if covid came from a lab that same day, or I guess it was the next day, the FBI tweets out, uh, Director Ray confirmed that the uh, Bureau has assessed that the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic likely originated from a lab incident in Wuhan, China. The FBI has for quite some time now known that it likely came from a potential lab incident in Wuhan. Guys, come on. We kind of knew that for a while, but we just didn't tell you because... 
because we were, we're trying to keep a narrative going. I mean, we saw how effective lying to the American people was, how effective that was at getting them to give up their rights and freedoms. So why would we tell the truth? And I was thinking about this too. Let's not forget what happened in 2020. Let's not forget that the government came in and told every American that they basically own our bodies. They told us that we had to put masks on our face. They told us that we had to get an untested and in ineffective vaccination injected into our bodies and those who did not comply were severely punished they lost their jobs and those who said okay fine i'll get the vaccine were then told well now you have to get four more oh and by the way now you have myocarditis have fun now utilizing big pharma medication for the rest of your life to treat that problem thank you for creating the nine new billionaires in the big pharma industry in 2020 great job this is our FBI. These are the quote unquote leaders that are supposed to be protecting the American public. Oh, and by the way, too, since we are on COVID, um, Djokovic, the Serbian tennis star, okay, he's been number one in all of the tennis matches that he's played in, right? But, he, but he's had to fight to, to play in them because he's unvaccinated. He has been one of those very outspoken athletes who has stayed firm and stayed true to his want to have bodily autonomy and remain unvaccinated. He was just denied entry into the United States over his COVID vaccination status. And no, this is not a headline from 2020 or 2021 or 2022 for that matter. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, it is March 6th, 2023. And we still have the top number one tennis player in the world being denied entry to play in the US Open. I believe that's what this is. I'm trying to read this. Hang on, guys. Yeah, so it's the BNP Open, which starts on Wednesday in California. He withdrew from that because we, the United States of America, allegedly the most free country in the world, have barred him from entry. We are discriminating against this man because he had the audacity not to get an ineffective vaccination that has shown, that has been shown and had has been admitted by our own CDC not to be effective. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot that this <laughs> that this graphic even exists. Let me pull it up for you guys. Let me go on my Instagram really quickly and see if I can pull this up for you because I remember how angry I was when this was initially posted by the CDC. This was a while ago, so we the majority of us probably forgot about this. Here it is right here. I posted this 22 weeks ago. This was from August 11th, 2022. The CDC just kind of quietly put out these guidelines. Uh, new COVID-19 guidance from the CDC focuses on individual decisions. So they subtly put this out after, again, discriminating against the Americans who refused to get vaccinated after forcing this ineffective vaccination on people and getting people fired from their jobs, masking up little children or forcing them to eat outside in the cold in the name of safety. Then they quietly put these uh, guidelines out in August of 2022. 
Those exposed to the virus are no longer required to quarantine. Unvaccinated people now have the same guidance as vaccinated people. Students can stay in class after being exposed to the virus, a.k.a. Yeah, natural immunity is a thing. Let's go ahead and admit that two years later. And it's no longer recommended to screen those without symptoms. But for some reason, in March of 2023, we still have athletes, top athletes, being barred from entry in the United States for their vaccination status. It's an absolute freaking joke. Now, I'm kind of all over the place with my topics today because, like I said, I had to do some rearranging before the start of the show, uh, so I apologize that we're jumping from topic to topic here. But again, those main three points that we are having to re-highlight and reiterate, January 6th, COVID-19, and Antifa because we were consistently lied to for the past two years, three years, four, five, who knows how long we've been lied to about all of these things for. I mean, again, the, the three that I just mentioned to you, more recent over the past two to four years, because Antifa was a thing back during the beginning of Trump's reign. They were a thing for a while, actually. Um, and we were consistently lied to about them. And they've now made their reappearance. So this happened in Atlanta just yesterday. Violence has broken out in Atlanta as supporters of the domestic terror-linked autonomous zone Stop Cop City attacked the future public safety training facility as revenge for their gunman being shot dead and their comrades being charged. Um, oops, I'm trying to read the rest of with domestic terrorism. So uh, basically the beginning of this story started with... Uh, this public safety training facility being set up in this forest in Atlanta, then all the Antifa, and this happened a couple months ago, came forward and they were like, oh my gosh, like we can't have Cop City being built here. So then they have the whole Stop Cop City movement going on. So uh, one of their comrades tried to shoot a cop, I believe did end up shooting that police officer. I don't remember if the officer that was shot ended up being killed, but the officer shot back and their comrade died. And so this is retaliation for that. They're burning down um, a lot of the construction equipment that is being used. Here is some B-roll as well. This comes from, I believe, a New York Times reporter who was on the scene. This is the Cop City site. Construction vehicles are up in flames. There's a trailer for uh, the construction crew about to be up in flames. Smoke bombs. Cops just seem to watch. So there you guys go. And if you actually watch the footage of this, okay, I'm playing a clip for you guys on screen here, and you have those Antifa types that are dressed up in full camo. They're very organized and coordinated, and they firebombed these construction equipment pieces. They attacked the police officers with fireworks. And what did the police officers do? The police officers retreated. So um, there you guys go. 2023, we still have police that are unable, for some reason, to control Antifa types, and we still have Antifa going in and firebombing these these areas and, and attacking officers. Now, a little bit of a difference from 2020, however, is that now these attackers and these Antifa members are being charged with domestic terrorism. This is from the Washington Examiner. Atlanta police charged 23 people following attack on police and fire training center. Now, 35 people were arrested, but as of now, I believe only 23 have been charged, and some of those charges 
do include domestic terrorism because they did go and firebomb this area. They were coordinated. They went and they attacked police officers. And, you know, somebody made the point on Twitter. And I was like, I can't argue with that. And they basically called out the right wing because we laugh at Antifa. But if if anybody is organized against pushing back against government entities and is willing to fight back against the government, as of now, it's Antifa. Granted, they're completely misguided and they're psychopathic commies that are fighting for all of the wrong reasons. Because again, too, let's think about their utopia put in action. Oh, wait, we don't have to because CHOP happened in Seattle back in 2020. And what ended up happening? They created their autonomous zone and people died there because they had no access to medical services because people were getting shot. They ended up having a leader who was trying to get everything under control. Guns were used. It was a very violent situation in which teenagers died. Let's not forget that that happened. That's the reality of having an Antifa utopia, death, destruction, chaos, and just straight up retardation across the board. I'm just going to drop that word. I don't care. It was just retarded behavior. I'm sorry. Like that's the best way that I can define what happened during Chaz. It was the dumbest thing possible. Let's not forget that they went to their local Walmart and they bought tomato plants and they poured piles of soil on the ground and they just like put the plant on the soil and it was their community garden. It was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. That's Antifa types for you. Uh, but for some reason, they're still coordinated enough to enact these attacks on police officers nationwide. Also too, the SPLC, the Southern Poverty Law Center, which the FBI has historically used as a source for who should be considered a domestic terrorist, has been linked to this event because one of their staff attorneys um, was arrested on those domestic terrorism charges in Atlanta. Tom Jurgens over here, let's take a nice peek at this SPLC staff attorney was one of the people that was arrested and charged for domestic terrorism. So there's the SPLC for you right there, guys. I often see these people at a lot of these Antifa-type events. It's the SPLC and I think the ACLU. They'll wear these neon vests and they will have the Antifa rioters write phone numbers on their arms in Sharpie so that way if they get arrested they can call attorneys like this guy who was arrested for domestic terrorism so they can break them out of jail so they continue they can continue to do more domestic terrorism basically that's why there was a hundred days of rioting in Portland because that's how their justice system works over there so on the state level, if you're in a progressive city, you're absolutely effed. Good luck, you know, living under any type of law and order over there. If you're living in Washington, Oregon, California, New York, Chicago, good luck trying to get the justice system to actually do its job and prosecute criminals. You're not going to see that. And then if you look to the federal level at what Merrick Garland in the Department of Justice is doing, all they're focused in on is uh, persecuting innocent January 6thers who had the audacity to push back against the federal government, who is very much so overreaching onto our individual rights and liberties. I don't think that's a crazy thing to say. And again, I ask the question, when are we going to get angry as Americans? And when are we going to finally put a stop to this nonsense? Of course, I'm calling for nonviolent pushback against these people. 
Um, but understand how they view you. They view you as an enemy of America and they view the real domestic terrorists like Antifa and BLM as their military wing, as their branches, as their, yeah, their militia wing, right? That goes in and enacts their terror. That's why whenever journalists like myself go out and report on Antifa types and we try to film what's going on and then the cops maybe use that footage to make prosecutions or to help with the cases of innocent Americans like Kyle Rittenhouse, for example, keep in mind that if it wasn't for independent journalists that were on the ground that day, getting footage of what actually happened with Kyle Rittenhouse, he could be rotting in jail right now because the entire mainstream media and our elected leaders and politicians were calling him a white supremacist who crossed state lines to go murder black people. None of that happened, but that is still the narrative that is being run with today. So, again, that's why Antifa types attack journalists like myself when we're on the ground. Because they're basically enacting the violence of the progressive liberal democratic wing of the political side of the aisle. And when we go expose it, they don't like that. Or when we go and expose that our justice system is so flawed because we don't enact the law. Again, look at El Salvador. Why is it that their homicide rate was cut in half? Because their president cracked down on MS-13 and said, hey, we're not going to do that here. We're not going to allow the gangs to run our country anymore. We are not going to allow MS-13 to target and attack, threaten, and kill our citizens anymore. Homicide rates cut in half. That's what happens when you enact the law. But we can't do that in the United States of America because uh, we're run by people who want us to collapse essentially because i can't even chop this up to just idiocracy at this point i can't chop this up to bad leadership i don't look at somebody like kim gardner who is the district attorney of st louis and think oh well she's just so dumb that she doesn't know how to do her job no she knows exactly what she's doing and the reason why i bring up st louis is because i have a horrific story of a young girl 17 years old who was paralyzed because of kim gardner's prosecution because of the prosecution in st louis the soros funded soft on crime district attorney kim gardner that refuses to prosecute criminals and this is just one very sad example of an american citizen paying the price for that now, before we get into the local justice system and how that has been completely co-opted and completely taken over by the controlled collapse plan for the United States of America, let's again take a peek at the federal level of this, going back to Merrick Garland. Now, many people asking, why is it that Garland has come down so viciously on pro-life advocates, people that go and you know, try to, to speak or pray for women that are going into abortion clinics. Why is it that, and again, too, there was a hearing the other day um, with Merrick Garland where he had to answer for this. Let me just read this from the Daily Signal. Attorney General Merrick Garland on Wednesday offered a reason why the Department of Justice prosecutes pro-life protesters at abortion centers more than pro-abortion vandals who targeted pro-life pregnancy resource centers after the leak of the Supreme Court's draft opinion overturning Roe v. Wade last May. Now we had Senator Mike Lee of Utah asking Garland about the case of pro-life activist Mark 
Hoke. Now, I went over Hoke's case previously, and uh, basically the FBI said that he violated the FACE Act, the Freedom of Access to Clinic Entrances, and said that he was trying to bar this woman from entering an abortion clinic because he pushed the um, abortion activist that was antagonizing his son. So the FBI, which by the way, this was an issue. And he said, Hey, I will come turn myself into whatever federal authority I need to. Um, so, you know, we can go about this in a civil manner. No. What did the DOJ do? What did the FBI do? They went and they kicked down his door in front of his seven kids and his wife as an intimidation tactic. That's what that was. Uh, so Mike Lee bringing up this entire case and then also asking as well, here's his quote, in 2022 and for the first couple of months of 2023, DOJ announced charges against 34 individuals for blocking access to or vandalizing abortion clinics. So 34 individuals were charged, they, they were indicted, right? They were charged with blocking access to or quote, vandalizing abortion clinics. However, there have been 81 recorded attacks on pregnancy centers, 130 attacks on Catholic churches since the leak of the Dobbs decision, and only two individuals have been charged. So again, Lee asks, how do you uh, explain the disparity in what is happening here? And this is the nonsense that Merrick Garland came up with in regards to why it's harder for them to prosecute or, you know, bring charges against the criminals who are attacking churches and attacking pregnancy centers. This is what he had to say. Well, I will say you're quite right. There are many more prosecutions with respect uh, to the um, um, blocking of the, uh, um, of the abortion centers, but that is generally because they are, uh, those actions are taken in, uh, with photography at the time, um, uh, during the daylight, and uh, seeing the person who did it is uh, quite easy. Um, the, those who are attacking the pregnancy resources centers, uh, which is a, a horrid thing to do, are doing this at night um, in the dark. We have put full resource. Okay. I just want to reiterate for you what we all just heard. The Attorney General of the United States of America, the head honcho, of the Department of Justice, the same Department of Justice that oversees the FBI, a lot of our intelligence agencies that are tasked with solving crimes. The head of that says they can't find the criminals who are attacking pregnancy centers and churches because they are committing their crimes at night. So by the way, to any uh, criminals, domestic or foreign, if you want to get away with a horrific crime, just do it at night. Then the DOJ won't be able to come and find you because it's nighttime. Just like the pipe bomber. Do you remember how there was a pipe bomber right before January 6th? He also acted at night. That's probably why we still have no idea who that was or whatever happened with that entire situation. Because if you do crime at nighttime, the DOJ just can't, they can't do anything with that. It's like, look, the sun was down and like we couldn't really see the crime happening and it was nighttime and scary at night. So like, obviously we weren't really going to like, you know, look into that having to watch the um, surveillance footage of a nighttime crime is just super scary. We're not going to make our feds do that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Guys, that's the DOJ. That is the, 
was cursed. The Lord says no. That is the BS excuse that Merrick Garland came up with as to why only two people have been charged after, again, let me just go back to that quote so I can make sure that I'm getting all of the um, facts and statistics correct here, right? We had 81 recorded attacks on pregnancy centers, 130 attacks on Catholic churches. Only two people were charged because the attacks happen at night, guys, and you can't, it's just hard to find criminals at night. So again, you know, if you guys want to get away with the murder, vandalism, rioting, looting, just do it at night. Just do it at night. You'll be fine. Then you won't get prosecuted by the DOJ. They won't come after you. It's okay. By the way, if you will try to go pray in front of an abortion clinic, the full force of the law will be held against you. If you go and you uh, defend your business from a looter on, uh, you know, during a Black Lives Matter riot, you're going to face the full persecution of the law. Not the people that were looting your store and your business that you worked your entire life, put blood, sweat, and tears to create. You're going to have to face the law. You're going to have to go to the court system and prove your innocence in defending your property. You're going to have to prove that you were walking through the Capitol peacefully while simultaneously having to fight with an entire January 6th committee that is withholding evidence and footage that would have exonerated you of the crimes they're trying to pin on you. You are going to be censored and silenced and kicked out of your job for not wanting to take an ineffective COVID-19 vaccine that Big Pharma and our politicians were profiting off of. You're going to face the full force of the law. Remember, there were certain point, uh, parts of the world where people's children were taken away from them because they didn't want to be vaccinated or they didn't want to vaccinate their children for COVID-19. Remember that children and adults were denied life-saving organ transplants because they were not vaccinated. And again, too, I'm jumping between all three of these things, but it's because, again, the main the main um, connection between all of them is our lying government, our lying federal agencies who have no problem putting your life on the line, sacrificing you, sacrificing your family, sacrificing your job so they can make a quick buck. And I can even throw in the Ukraine-Russia war on top of all of that. Who's profiting off of that war? Who is profiting off of us continuing to fund Ukraine? The same politicians that work in step with Lockheed Martin and a lot of these other uh, like military contractors and defense contractors that create military weapons. It's a whole thing, the military industrial complex. You guys should look into that. So let's go ahead and now take a peek at um, the state level of justice, because to be quite honest with you, I really don't even feel like that exists anymore. And I want to start off with this article that I wrote as well. Um, we saw we see on the federal level that the the Department of Justice has no problem lying um, to persecute American citizens. Or, you know, if you want to say that the January 6th committee wasn't a part of the DOJ, uh, well, do you think that the DOJ is going to make any prosecution, prosecutions against those on the January 6th committee who unlawfully held evidence from 
again, like constitutionally, that's the way that, you know, going to trial works. Like you have to be able to see all of the evidence and they withheld that. Pretty sure that's called breaking the law. I don't know. Think that the DOJ is going to hold anybody accountable? Do you think the DOJ is going to hold uh, Dr. Fauci accountable for lying to the American public? Do you think that anybody is going to be held accountable for anything? Like we could sit here and list off the amount of people that need to be held accountable. Joe Biden, Hunter Biden. We could go on for days and days. But I have zero faith in our institutions because, again, everything that I'm seeing right now is that they're being weaponized to keep the American citizen who doesn't want to live under their corrupt system silent. That's what they're being utilized for. Taking a break from the federal level, let's go ahead and go down to the state and take a peek at how our American cities are faring. Um, I wrote this article for the Post Millennial, and it was absolutely heartbreaking. The story is about three weeks old now, um, but my article is basically a summary of what this 17-year-old Tennessee teenager went through as a direct result of the soft on crime policies of Kim Gardner in St. Louis. Now, her name is Janae Edmondson, and she was a 17-year-old volleyball player. She had just signed a scholarship for UT Southern, and she was getting ready to go play volleyball over there when this career criminal, who was supposed to be in jail, mind you, because he violated his bond over 40 times, he was speeding through downtown. Oh, by the way, he was illegally driving his vehicle because he didn't have a driver's license. Speeding downtown, crashes into 17-year-old Janae, pins her between two vehicles. Her parents were there with her walking downtown. Her father had to end up using his belt and the belt of a stranger as a tourniquet to stop the bleeding on his daughter's legs while they waited for the ambulance. And she was put on a ventilator. And when she came to, her parents had to tell their daughter that she had she faced a double amputation and she no longer had her legs. And none of that had to happen if this criminal was put in jail where he belonged. But district and Soros-funded attorney, District Attorney Kim Gardner, St. Louis, fought to keep this man on the streets, violated his bond over 40 times. Oh, and the best part about this story, too, is that he was out on bond for a felony robbery, and he was supposed to be tried, right? His case was already supposed to be tried, but when he was brought to trial, Kim Gardner's office was not ready to prosecute. They weren't ready for the trial. So they basically postponed it. And then when the media criticized and asked the question as to why he wasn't in jail for his previous trial, her office lied and said, well, the victim of the first trial died. So they weren't at the hearing. And then it came out that the victim was alive and was at the hearing that day, and it was Kim Gardner's office that wasn't ready to prosecute, so they delayed the case, which left this guy out on the street, which ultimately ended up with, again, this American girl facing the consequence of a criminal being let out on the street. Now, this is a very heartbreaking case. If you want all of the details, uh, my article is on the Post Millennial right there for you guys. It's titled St. Louis teen paralyzed after career criminal crashes into her while illegally driving car. It is a heartbreaking story. And again, too, the worst part about all of it as well is that Kim Gardner has since blamed racism 
for the criticism of this case. I put all of it into this article. I had to read between like eight to nine different sources to get the full scope of this story. But it wasn't enough for her office to just take responsibility for allowing this career criminal out on the streets. On top of that, she, she couldn't even take responsibility. She then had to, to lie about why his initial case wasn't tried and then divert to blaming racism for why people were being critical of this case. So there's modern day America for you. Um, when I say that Americans are being sacrificed to criminals, whether that's at the federal level or the state level, I'm not exaggerating. It's stories like this one that I read every single day. It's the persecution of the January 6th political prisoners that are still in jail, by the way, that I read every day. It's the father who takes in an illegal immigrant and gets brutally murdered that I'm talking about. These are stories that I read every day. This is from the New York Post. Migrant posing as a minor who killed father of four that took him in gets 60 years in prison. A 25-year-old migrant who posed as a minor to illegally cross the border was sentenced to 60 years for killing the father of four who took him in. This is what's happening every single day. This father didn't have to die if we had control over our border. Janae would have been playing volleyball at UT Southern if we enacted law and order. The January 6th defendants wouldn't be rotting in jail if our justice system actually worked. It's funny too, because I listen to myself and I'm like, wow, I kind of sound like a leftist or Antifa, right? Except all of my complaints for this are not based in lies. They're based in actual facts and they're based in the fact that again, these various agencies are coming after and again, sacrificing Americans at the altar of their political narratives, whether that's the progressivism of the liberal left in cities and not wanting uh, to overpopulate prison populations, whether that's the progressive and loving, oh, no human is illegal, let's open the border for everyone. Oh, your, your dad got brutally murdered by a minor who was actually 25 years old and shouldn't have been in this country. It's too bad for you. Oh, your daughter got raped by an illegal that shouldn't have been here. Well, sorry, like maybe you just shouldn't complain about it. Go look, by the way, at Sweden or even London, okay, there's the, these things in Europe called no-go zones. They've been a thing for a long time. And they deal with their own immigration issues, uh, specifically with like a lot of um, Muslim men who have a very different perspective on women and how they should be treated. So let's talk about Sweden, for example. The rape of young Swedish girls by these illegal immigrant migrant men that are being brought into the country the rate of it is exponential and it's horrifying what's happening over there. And we're already at that point here in the United States of America as well. And if it's not by an illegal immigrant, it's by an LGBTQ trans person who's in the women's locker room, exposing themselves, exposing their full male genitalia to children or to other women in the name of diversity and inclusion. So like I said at the beginning of the show, I'm not here to warn you about a future dystopian government that is going to persecute any American who has genuine common sense and questions why we're not enacting law and order, why it is that the CIA, the FBI, and the DOJ, instead of actually persecuting or prosecuting 
legitimate crimes in this country are instead being weaponized against the American citizen. When we ask that question, we are deemed crazy and we are deemed the problem in society. When we ask the question as to why our society is so out of control, we are then told by our president, it's not out of control. Inflation rates aren't out of control. Grocery store shelves were never going empty. We never agreed with COVID-19 lockdowns. We never forced anybody to get vaccinated or wear face masks. It was all a suggestion. You're crazy. We're consistently gaslit every single day. I mean, look, a good example of this too is the discrimination and outlawing of drag shows in Florida right now, right? The LGBTQ community and the left wing is running with this narrative that drag queens are being persecuted under Florida law because they can't have drag shows anymore because Ron DeSantis is an evil, evil dictatorial tyrant, right? I was actually talking to a UT student about this the other day. And I asked her, well, are you aware that these drag shows specifically are targeting children and in that bill, in that legislation, they're saying not that there can't be drag shows, but that children cannot be in attendance at this overly sexualized type of event. I was talking to this UT student, she had no idea. Because again, when people like myself come forward and we try to highlight like, hey, why is this happening in society? Hey, this is actually the truth about the situation. What ends up happening? The entire media comes after you. They label you a Nazi, a white supremacist, a KKK sympathizer. When you highlight the reality of BLM or Antifa, they say that you're a racist. When you highlight the reality of January 6th and the fact that it was mostly peaceful, you're labeled a domestic terrorist sympathizer. When you highlight the realities of COVID-19, big pharma profiting off of it, and Dr. Fauci lying, you're labeled a conspiracy theorist. When you ask the question as to why criminals are allowed to run rampant on the streets in progressive cities, you're labeled a racist bigot who just wants minority oppressed populations jailed. It's just such a clown show. It's such a joke. And I was actually going to focus into quite a bit on our kids being targeted with the transgenderism nonsense um, because I'm seeing more and more clips like this one coming out for my podcast listeners. What is on screen are little soccer players holding the transgender flag. This clip came out a couple of weeks ago, but I haven't played it on the show yet. And so I thought this would be an opportune moment to highlight where we're currently at, not just as a country, but as a world. I'm not sure if this was in the United States or if this was abroad, um, but this is a common theme that we're seeing. These children flying the pride flag, children being taught 58,000 genders, uh, children being told by their teachers that, hey, if your parents, if you want to be a they, them, and your parents don't want that for you, and they don't support you, we can keep that a secret. We don't have to tell them. You can come and you can talk to us and we will keep your family out of it. Remember that Kamala Harris said that children basically belong to the state. That was a couple months back. Understand the mentality of these people. If they're not persecuting the adult American citizen who has enough common sense to push back on this nonsense, they're targeting your kids. 
They're targeting the next generation. So that way, those kids, when they grow up, they don't have to get them under control because they're already indoctrinated. They're already conditioned and they're already subservient to the same corrupt government that has influenced them and is collapsing the entire country. The benefit of the government in targeting the younger generation is that a lot of these kids don't know what America used to be. Heck, I don't even know what America used to be pre-TSA, pre-9-11. The concept of America and what it used to be and what it once was is so far gone. And this next generation has nothing to compare to, right? Because they're being told that historically, America has been extremely racist. It's been oppressive. It was this horrible country where nobody had rights and freedoms. America was built on the back of slavery and that it was just so horrible and it was never good. It was just always controlled by racist white people. And that is the basis that this next generation has to go off of in regards to America. And so the new modern day America, the progressivism that they're lied to about when they're being groomed to think that grown men twerking in front of them in thongs is a good thing because they don't understand and they were not raised in America where we were like, hey, yeah, no, this was not normal. 10 years ago, you would never see a child at a drag show. 10 years ago, I would even venture to say, you wouldn't even see as big of a prevalence of the LGBTQ propaganda in every single ad and TV show. 20 years ago, we were living in an entirely different world. This clip has also been getting going viral, um, just showing what kids worldwide are being subjected to. Because again, this isn't even an America issue. This is a worldwide issue where we are seeing the degradation of our morals and values. And the next generation is being raised to think that this type of behavior is okay. So again, what we have on screen is a grown man in stiletto boots. I don't even know what's happening here. I can't even explain it. It's like BDSM sex swing weirdness. And he's like swinging around in front of kids. And now we're looking at another man dressed in a tiger thong gyrating in front of children and you have toddlers crawling around as this ha is happening and it's absolutely horrifying now i don't believe that this clip came out of the united states um i believe this was in the uk but just to give you guys an idea of what is happening in the united states with the targeting of the next generation because like i said if uh you made it as an adult, and you still have your common sense intact, and you are able to clearly say, yeah, biological men can't get pregnant, and they can't get periods. That's not a crazy thing to say. And also, I don't think that trans women should uh, be in women's sports, because biologically, they are men, and their bodies and their biology are different. If you survived the, you know, education system and came out as a common sense adult, um, now, the government is coming after you in some way, shape, or form, whether that's censorship of your social media accounts, whether that's just keeping certain information from you. Like, to be quite honest with you, Twitter uh, trying to censor certain information from the American public is their attempt at controlling your ability to think freely. 
your ability to see what is going on and they're dictating the reality. So that's how the American adults are being targeted. But then let's take a peek at what's going on with the American children. Uh, I'm 11 years old and I go to Wyndham Middle School. I'm a sixth grader. I was in the library and this book was on a stand. I'd like to read you a page. My back over my hips as I ask if we should take off, take our clothes off. And he's saying yes before I finish my sentence. He's pulling off my t-shirt laughing when I can't undo his shirt buttons. He's undoing my belt. I'm reaching into his bedside drawer for a condom. We're kissing again. We're rolling over. Obviously, you can see where this is going. I don't know if it's because we're feeling especially emotional or just tired, or these past couple of weeks have been too much. But this reminds me so much of the first time we had sex. We were both fucking terrified, and the whole thing was kind of terrible because we didn't know what we were doing. But it was good too, so good, because we were a mess of emotions, and we were scared and excited, and everything felt new. So this sort of thing, this sort of feels like that. Nick touches me like he's scared that any minute. Now, this book was at my middle school, and it was on a stand. When I rented it out to show my dad it, uh, the librarian asked if I wanted more and if I wanted a graphic novel version. If he wanted a graphic novel version, okay, I didn't even want to play the entirety of that clip, but I wanted you guys to hear that last portion. Uh, because again, what this young child just read was so graphic and horrific. Like as an adult, I wouldn't even willingly read anything like that. So the fact that this is in a child's school library is horrific. And the fact that the librarian, or the librarian, as a sweet little middle schooler said, offered him a graphic novel that is your average american public school and then if you are a concerned parent by the way that maybe goes and asks teachers hey uh what are you teaching my kid this is what's going to happen to you here's a rhode island teachers union that filed a lawsuit against the parent for having the audacity to ask what curriculum her child was being taught watch my name is nicole solis and i am a mother from rhode island who was sued by the teachers union simply because i wanted to know what my kindergartner would be learning in school and here's how this happened i asked to see the curriculum and my school told me i had to submit a public records request the curriculum wasn't posted online and it wasn't available in a school district then I asked them if they were teaching gender theory, and they told me that they don't call children boys and girls, and they embed the values of gender identity into every classroom, including kindergarten, and they didn't want to answer any of my questions further. They told me that they would communicate with me only through public records requests, and that is the only way I could get my questions answered. And when I did submit the public records request that they told me to submit, and I submitted hundreds because I had hundreds of questions, my school board then put my name on the agenda of a public school board meeting and held a public school board meeting to discuss suing me for submitting the request that they told me to submit. In a five hour long school board meeting, they openly debated my moral character, my political motivations. They said that I was causing chaos, wreaking havoc, harming the district, harming children. One school board member even said she felt unsafe and started to cry. Okay, so I apologize that these clips are long, but the I, I want us to understand and listen to them in their entirety. Because listen to what this mother said at the end of this clip that this school board was accusing her of causing chaos and confusion and targeting children. And the school board member wanted to cry 
or started to cry because they felt threatened? This was a concerned parent. And why is the parent concerned? This was in Rhode Island. Again, the, the boy that I played in the first clip, not the same school district. But she's concerned because of books like the little boy who was in middle school just read to us. Because of that type of content and that type of curriculum. But if you're a concerned parent, what's going to happen? You're going to get sued for asking questions. You're going to be targeted as the problem. And you are going to be labeled as causing chaos and confusion. Remember too, oh my gosh, you know, it's so funny when I'm talking about these things and then these little just nuggets of information pop into my brain. Let's not forget that the DOJ uh, targeted parents in Virginia after they got mad at school boards because their kids were being targeted with very sexual curriculum. Hmm. Seems like the DOJ has a really common theme of targeting Americans who just want to, you know, live freely kind of weird. You know what, too? I was listening to a podcast with Yeonmi Park, and she escaped North Korea. Incredible story. If you guys have never heard of her, go look into her story. But she was on this podcast called The Flagrant Pro Podcast with Andrew Schultz. And she was talking about how the FBI was set to, I guess, bring her out to speak at one of their events. But then they canceled on her because they said that her ideals didn't match what the FBI believed in. Now, Yeonmi Park escaped North Korea. So her ideals are freedom, truth, and defending the American constitution, essentially. She's anti-communism, anti-socialism. She speaks out very strongly against these things. And the FBI canceled her speaking event because they said she does not align with their ideals. That's our FBI. If you believe in freedom, rights, the Constitution, that doesn't align with their ideals. Now, I talked about how the American adult is being targeted. I've talked, I've showed you how American children are being targeted. Uh, but if you are an adult that didn't make it out of that indoctrination and you did get the full LGBTQ rundown and you like are just fully an NPC, this is how you came out. Here's some parents of a transgender uh, child on PBS. Here's the next generation of uh, you know leaders in the United States of America, which is why we are currently living through our collapse, one of the many reasons. Um, here is the average American who didn't escape the propaganda and lies. Our daughter is 10 years old. Um, she started letting us know that um, she was transgender really um, before she could even speak. You know, she would do things like wear her sister's clothes, um, pretend that towels were her long hair. And when she was about three years old, um, she started to withdraw and become depressed. So we started doing some research. We um, talked to her pediatrician. So now apparently kids are transgender before they can even speak. Oh, by the way, uh, Hershey's, which is supposed to be a chocolate bar, not a political issue. We all know that LGBTQ, uh, the propaganda we're being hit with is very much a political issue. Uh, Hershey's now coming out with um, their her, she, bar, basically pronouns for Women's History Month. And one of the 
spokespeople for this is um, a trans woman. So now in the modern day, kids are transgender before they can even speak. And biological men are now the face of Women's History Month. Welcome to modern day America. Let's keep going. And also, let's not forget the fact, too, um, that we have a Supreme Court justice, right? A current Supreme Court justice that can't even define the term woman. And um, that just goes to show how ridiculous our modern day is. Let's not ever forget that this clip exists. Uh, can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? No. Sitting Supreme Court Justice. That was Kentanji Brown Jackson. Can't define woman. Transgenderism running rampant. We live in upside down world. And again, too, this this kind of ideology, too, is very reflective as to why we have so much chaos in our society. Um, because right really is wrong. Left really is right. We live in upside down world. If you're a concerned parent, you're the problem for caring about your kid. If you think that, like I said earlier, criminals should be prosecuted, you're the bad guy. If your kid isn't non-binary or transgender, then you're a bigot. It's Women's History Month. We can't even agree on what a woman is. The Toronto Rap Raptors put out a Women's History Month video. And I want you to watch this video. and You guys can just let me know what you think about it. It's pretty horrific. So for all my ladies that are watching, just trigger warning on this clip, the Raptors have since apologized for this video because it's pretty horrible what they said here. Um, but this is what they said about Women's History Month and, and women specifically, okay? Uh, the prompt starts off with uh, Beyonce says that girls run the world. Like, why do you think women are great? This is what they had to say. Girls run the world because they're the only one that can procreate. They birth everybody. All women are great because they're all queens. Okay, guys. So all women can procreate. Apparently, that is so horrific that the Raptors apologized for this video. Welcome to 2023, where the average American is more concerned about women being told that they can procreate than about us getting into a potential nuclear conflict with Russia because we continue to f fund a foreign proxy war. Oh, by the way, too, let me just run through one more headline with you guys. USA Powerlifting must let transgender athletes compete in women's division after losing discrimination case. Once again, I say that South Park is not a comedy show. It is just our modern day reality because, you know, in the modern day, you can't even go to a powerlifting competition as a female without uh, having to compete against a big-ass man with way more testosterone and muscle mass than you, with broader shoulders than you, with completely different body composition than you. By the way, if you go to your local Best Buy, you're going to be seeing she, her, they, them, and LGBTQ flags. Uh, this comes from Five Times August on Twitter, who says he's never even seen an American flag fly in a Best Buy. Uh, but there we go. 
we have the trans flag flying in Best Buy because we've been conquered by the LGBTQ community. Further proof of that, LA District Attorney Gascon suspends a prosecutor for misgendering and deadnaming a trans child molester accused of murder. This story is just an absolute whopper here, okay? Los Angeles District Attorney George Gascon has suspended the attorney who prosecuted a 26-year-old trans child molester who was accused of identifying as a woman only after DNA evidence linked him, Fox News uses the her pronoun. I'm not going to give um, a child molester the decency of using his correct pronouns. No, I'm not doing that. Fox News can write their article this way, but I'm not going to, uh, you know, give a child molester the decency of using its correct pronouns. Ugh. So this man was linked to a case of child rape and then decided he was a woman. Shea Sanna, who had been the lead prosecutor for part of the case, is accused of misgendering and deadnaming the convicted child molester, Hannah Tubbs, who is now accused of beating a man to death in the woods with a rock in Kern County. That's what women do, right, guys? We beat uh, other men to death in woods with rocks. Uh, Santa has argued in the past that jailhouse phone calls show Tubbs, now 27, was attempting to use gender identity to game the justice system. That's so crazy. Who would do that? An argument that sources say made others in Gascon's office uncomfortable and led to the suspension. Oh, my gosh. So there's Hannah Tubbs, guys. There is Hannah Tubbs in all of it. his great glory. I mean, her great glory. Sorry, that's clearly a woman. My bad. Uh, the district attorney of Los Angeles has suspended the prosecutor of this woman because she had the audacity to say, hey, in um, recorded jailhouse callings, he is literally talking about trying to game the system by pretending to be a woman. And now the Gascon administration is like, you can't say that. That's horrible. Like, yeah, he might be a child molesting rock murderer, but you can't misgender him. That's so rude. Like, what is wrong with you? You're the problem now. Welcome to 2023. Like I have just said and continue to say from the Daily Mail as well, trans future with prosthetic Z-cut breasts is finally put on leave after it was revealed that uh, he doesn't wear the fake boobs outside of school as parents line up to criticize school board at meeting. Let's not forget the... The busty Canadian teacher who has made headlines for wearing gigantic prosthetic breasts. The best part about this story, because I didn't know this, is that um, Kayla Lemo, who claims the breasts are real and the result of a medical condition. A, a medical condition? That's the best part of this article. I had no idea that this person was trying to tell people that the breasts are real and they're the result of a medical condition. What is the modern day? I had to end on a lighter note because, you know, we started off the show really heavy. We started off the show with the fact that we are dealing with the entirety of a corrupt federal government uh, uh, coming after us, right? Controlling the information, controlling our reality. Another example too, you know, I keep saying I'm going to end the show, but I keep bringing up very relevant news articles. Uh, Michael Knoll, Knowles from the Daily Wire was giving a speech at CPAC this past weekend and the Rolling Stone 
said that he called for transgender people to be eradicated. They since updated their headline because Knowles called this out and was like, hey, this is libelous. Uh, you can't say that I called for transgender people to be eradicated because that's not what I said. And I went and I listened to his speech and he said that transgenderism should be eradicated. But of course, because the left loves to control language, they were like, well, technically, transgenderism is equated with trans people, which means that he was calling for the eradication and genocide of an entire people. And then Rolling Stone went ahead and went with this. Michael Knowles said, hey, this is libelous and we will sue you because that's not what I said. And you can't call me a genocidal psychopath. That's not what I said. They've since retracted that headline. But of course, the left is completely upset about that saying, oh, the Rolling Stone capitulated to the right wing mob and changed their headline when it's so clear that Michael Knowles was calling for genocide, which if he was, by the way, uh, the Rolling Stone wouldn't have had to change their headline because it wouldn't have been libelous if it was true, but it wasn't. So there you guys go. There you guys go. Oh, by the way, too, um, the latest LGBTQ cope is normalizing HIV. So let's watch this video before we end the show. It's officially been one whole week of me living with HIV and my first day on medicine. I felt better than I have in weeks. Seriously, my energy is back. I feel more like myself. I also officially know the person who gave it to me. Um, I'm not mad at all. It's just, he didn't know. He didn't get tested in time. And that's why I have it now. As you guys can see, I went to the doctors again today and they redid all my blood work. Needles are like one of my biggest fears. I hated it. But as long as I can get back to myself, I'm not mad. Lastly, before I got off to dinner, one of my big things on my bucket list was to have a blood pact with some of my friends. And I was like, oh, now that I have HIV, I'll never be able to do that. But I asked my doctor and he was like, even though I really highly don't recommend it because of a number of other reasons, technically HIV is not the problem there. And I was like, yay! Only not the problem when I'm fully undetected. Okay, guys, so um, if you're gay, good luck. Because we now have doctors telling HIV positive patients that if uh, they really want to have a blood pact with their friends, it's all okay and it's all fine and dandy. And now apparently AIDS is just like, oh, like, you know, it's like totally fine. Like, I'm just I'm on my medicine now. And this is just like a normal thing in society. And everybody should just accept it and be super loving and open about AIDS and HIV. Um, also, if you don't want to take blood from a blood donor that's um, gay because you're worried about potentially getting AIDS, you're a bigot. Welcome to 2023 in America. This has been another episode of Rapid Fire. Please, everybody, Fight back and push back against the federal government when you can and where you can. You know, if that's something as simple as homeschooling your child, as simple as going to your city council and speaking out against them, going to a school board meeting as a concerned parent and highlighting the ridiculous curriculum on the state level, on the federal level, do what you can to speak out against this degeneracy and this nonsense because we cannot keep allowing it to prosper. Thank you guys so much for tuning into another episode. Please remember that if you do like the show, uh, go leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. You can find the show on there. It helps us grow in the charts and I also read every single review that you post. Please remember to like and share this video as well as it also helps people find it on YouTube. And finally, if you would like to support my work and the show because it is funded by you guys, please remember that you can go and check out my subscribe star. The link is down below. And if you become a subscriber, you will get access to direct messaging with me. And I also post behind the scenes stuff on there. I post the show script and uh, where my next trip is going to be going. I just have a lot more access to speaking with you guys directly because it's a smaller community. So go check that out. And with all of that being said, I am wrapping up this episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, good luck trying to stay, stay sane in this absolutely crazy society.